So here we are. Back again. Yes, we are. Giving y'all another podcast of Megasheen, which is going to be a geeky, queer perspective of life, fun, and foolishness. <laughs> and who are you again? What's your name? My name is, I have, I go by many names, but I, <laughs> but my name is Victor, and you are? I'm also of many names, but for right now, I'll go by as Nick. Yes. This is Nick and Victor, and we're going to always come at you with all the latest. And again, just check us out as we continue on with this journey. So this week, we're going to talk about a lot of the shade and trash that happened in the geek world, but also in the gay world. And then we're going to get into our King Size Edition, where we talk about movies we love and why. Actually, bad movies that we love and why. Very bad movies. Yes. And then we have a prayer list. For some of y'all. So that will be our podcast this week. But um, how are you doing, Nick? You know, I'm pretty good. Um, a little busy, you know. But uh, in this heat, mm-hmm. this heat is killing me. Right. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I'm in Kentucky. And it is full force summer. <laughs> so got, got like, it's about 90 right now. Oh, it might be about 95 come a couple of hours and I just don't do the heat. So Goodness. that's what I'm dealing with right now. I used to live in Kentucky. I'm a southerner, but I used to live in Kentucky and now I live in Los Angeles and we have three versions of weather. So it's according to where you are. If you are near the airport, it's cold. If you are in the middle of Los Angeles, it's hot for no reason. And if you're in the valley, it's whatever it feels like being right now. So <laughs> I am not in the streets, but I will be out there later. And, oh, I am not going to Gay Pride in WeHo because it's a oh, hot yeah. mess. It week. is. This is Pride Month. So happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month. But I'm still avoiding WeHo because WeHo is, imagine 1987 in Fort Lauderdale in spring break. And that's WeHo right now. Straight up alcohol, foolishness, throwing up, sex in the street, whatever you can think of, it's happening. Okay. Not sex in the street. Well, not in the street, but in a car. <laughs> I remember the first year I went, people were having sex in a car. I'm like, is it really that deep right now? Right now? In a car? <laughs> these, these young queens, Lord. they get 18 and they just... They get wild. I know, you know, LA is that place people come and just let it out. <laughs> and these hoes let it out of here. And I, you know, I understand. I came to L.A. I was partner at the time. But, you know, I come to L.A. I get it. I had a friend who he just wowed out when he moved here. He wowed out. We had to, like, have an intervention with him. But anyway. Yeah, me in the following ways. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get into Aunt May's tea. So let's talk about the fact that Miss Supergirl is moving away from CBS and she's moving to um, CW. Now, basically, if you don't know, CW is owned by CBS. But she's moving over there, but there's some good and bad things with it. For example, it's CW. The rest of those DC shows are over there except Gotham, which should be canceled. But... um <laughs> I You know, I tried to get into Gotham, but I was like, I really can't. Now, if they... You know, with Jada in there, I'm in there for Jada. I'm in there for Jada for anything. But the rest of those stories, 
I, I just struggle with that format of how they do it. But this is about they, Supergirl. Completely against canon. Um, yeah, and that's a conversation for another time too. Talk about why people like to go against canon. That's but true. but um, yeah. Supergirl's going over to CW, and some of the good things is she will be. Some of the good things are she was joining um, the rest of the family over there in a lot of ways. So we'll get to see her maybe, you know, jump over to some of those shows like Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and, and The Flash. But the budget will be severely cut. So does that mean they'll be cutting some of the good stories too? Because, you know, you have to cut the budget. Mm-hmm. You may not get good quality storytelling or some good quality, you know, scenes or what have you so I'm a little worried about that I'm a little worried about seeing what's going to happen with Supergirl over in CW yeah and, and they're supposed to be introducing a, some kind of version of Superman and from what I've read and heard online like Supergirl was one of the best shows uh, that it was better it was a better Superman show than without a Superman hmm. and uh, not like even the actress that's playing Supergirl, um, there was they introduced Martian Manhunter, which was really good. Yeah, um, it was. So it's weird that they're doing this. Yeah. But I, I like like you said, it's good and bad. They're kind of doing some kind of world building as far as putting Supergirl in and weaving her into the stories of Arrow, Flash, Legends of the Legends of Tomorrow, and whatnot. But it was. I just don't think it, it, there's a need to show Superman. Yeah, I think we can do without him. It will be nice to kind of like move away from Superman right now. Superman needs a break <laughs> just because I feel like what we got right now is the Superman is kind of broke. But um, if they do have Superman involved, I it's going to be interesting because it goes against what they're doing right now anyway because I feel like you know they're trying to the fact that they're not really joint universes right now is kind of difficult but I also see it gives them the freedom to tell different stories so if they do bring Superman inside of this series that would be interesting Um, I still believe that DC may reveal that all of this is the multiverse and their big big movie may be you know Crisis of um Infinity Earths, but um, if they bring Superman in, I want it to be, you know, done well and maybe even give us Superman we can believe in again. Who knows? They may just change the game with this introduction of Superman. Well, I'm not putting no money on it, but... No. <laughs> no. Well, let's see. Oh, yes. I'm excited. Now, some of y'all may laugh, but if you do, I don't really care. I like dolls. A lot of us like dolls. And, um... I have the original Wonder Woman dolls from the 70s um, still in the box. I have special Barbies like the Bewitch Barbie. Uh, Marlena Evans from Days of Our Lives Barbie. If you don't know about that, y'all go on eBay and get one. Um, So I have some of the special ones. I don't have everybody. I have um, Ava's Barbie that came out recently. Uh, So Star Trek is is releasing some with um, Mattel and they have Lieutenant Hora in it. And I am so excited about this because this is something that I, I just realized they've never made 
or you heard of a Barbie. They've made the movie version of the updated movie version with Zoe, but this is the one based from Nichelle Nichols, and I'm so excited about this. Now, when is that supposed to be dropping? It's supposed to be dropping very soon. Um, I were, Oh, the date just flipped my head, but I'm looking forward to it. I thought it was going to be part of Comic-Con, but it's not. Uh, but I am looking forward to getting one. I really want right. one. I know they're going to sell like hotcakes. Yes, because, I mean, the story of why Michelle Nichols, you know, stayed in the role is, is, is historic to me. I mean, the fact that Martin Luther King told her to stay. She wanted to leave in the role. She didn't yeah, want to I, be in that. And he told her, no, you stay because you're representing the future. You're representing so many things. And to me, she is historic. She is a, a historic monument to me. So I feel like to have this doll uh, will be like, this is part of history. It's Nichelle Nichols as uh, Lieutenant Yura. Um, and it's just amazing that they're doing this. So they have Spock and they have Kurt. But to me, that is the only one worth talking about. <laughs> Let's keep it honest. And yeah, let's just keep it really honest. That's what we really want. And so, it, you know, hey, you know, Google it. Find out about this doll. Y'all should get it because I know, as Nick said, it's going to sell like hotcakes. Everybody's going to have this doll. So get that. Put your in your collection of your Brandy doll, of your um, That's a Raven doll. Put that up there with all the rest of those. <laughs> so what else is going on? What else are we sipping on? Well, what were we sipping on today? Oh, Lord. Okay, so... Not really geeky, but you can... Colton Hayes has, has teased in the geeky world with Teen Wolf and Arrow. But y'all probably heard about um, the star of um, The Real O'Neills and uh, Noah Gavin, who is the star. He's 22, and he plays a 16-year-old. Um, so he had an interview, I think, in Vulture. I can't remember what magazine had an interview. And he just... This... <laughs> This twink sat up here and just spilled all of this tea about how he felt about Hollywood, certain actors, but he really came for Colton Hayes. He really came for him and talked about how the way he came out was bullshit. It was like, I'm like, really? Okay. And so he just really talked about how he didn't really come out. He didn't really do all these things. Um, talked about people um, being caricatures of gay characters on TV. Then he dragged Brian Singer. Now, Go ahead. It wasn't a dragon. He <laughs> accused Singer of basically like child porn. And, yes. And that's not the first time I've heard stuff about. No, that. no. If people are people are aware of Brian Singer, Brian Singer has been known to throw these big parties that have a lot of these gay young boys show up and get whatever done to them by some of these Hollywood execs. That that's what people have said. People that I've known have said, have verified these parties do exist. What happens in them, we don't completely know. But we knew there was a lawsuit a couple of years ago um, with someone said they were raped um, at one of these oh, parties. Okay. Yes, it, it went. It was public. It was well known. This situation was... It, it, came, it happened at the time of Days of Future Past. So it, it was... Um, that news was out there. This guy had all these claims, but the case never really went forward because I think there was some fault in the, in the guy's story. But again, those rumors just kind of, you know, went to the top because everybody was like, oh, so this stuff about Brian Singer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't want to believe in everything, but when, you know, so much was just adding up. It was just too much evidence. You know, Scooby-Doo would have solved this mystery in minutes. So I just had to... I just had to 
you know, I just had a moment when I saw him drag him because I was like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, Wait, go ahead. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, the look guy that played uh, the lead in Lord of the Rings, um, Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. he, he said something about, um, oh, Hollywood is ran by. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something. Hollywood is ran by child uh, predators or something nasty. Hmm. Um, he was dropping all kind of tea uh, about Hollywood, um, which it sucks that it's he has to say all this stuff, but Hollywood is just a weird, weird-ass town to work in yeah i i i mean being here is very interesting and want to be a part of it to some degree is a little scary but to see how you know say noah kind of dropped all this stuff was very interesting because it was very like okay you're really speaking you really talking big right now and you just got in this business um you're young and you can you have and my personal belief is it's harder for gay actors anyway. What you just did may make it really hard for you. So yeah. I see what you were trying to do, but at the same time, I feel like that you just run your mouth for no no apparent reason. Like, you come out your mouth for reasons. You know, you do it when somebody comes at you, but none of these people came at you. So I thought that was interesting. But what I also thought was cute was Colton came back and kind of on Instagram and basically told him, like, look, oh, I don't know who you're supposed to be. I don't know who you thought you were, but bitch, don't come for me like this. Like, it, the way he came across was like, you know, I, I gave you praise. I said that you should get, you know, an Emmy nomination, and then you turn around and do me like this. Personally, Colton should have showed up at his uh, camper and been like, okay, you were running your mouth. Yeah. What's yeah, good? I like how <laughs> kind of dragged him for coming out. Like, don't, as a gay person, don't ever try to disregard or shame somebody on how they came out yeah. just be glad that they were able to come out yeah you know you don't get to judge people of how they come out every you know it's a shitty ass process to go through and we don't we already have enough people saying that we ain't shit so yeah. fellow gay people telling each other that you we're not shit is not even going to help our cause so i need Noah to have several seats. Several seats in Afghanistan because he, I was sitting there like, how can you sit here and talk about somebody coming out? Not everybody has that experience and you don't know what's going on in his life. The dude suffers from anxiety. He's talked about that very publicly. There's probably a lot that was going on. I mean, when you're famous and people know you, you, that's a lot of pressure that some of us cannot ever imagine. So when he was in a situation, maybe he felt like, you know, I just don't need to focus on this particular thing right now or what's going on or who's I'm dating or all this I'm just trying to get my life together he doesn't know his struggle and so for him to come at Colton like that was 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 pretty shoddy it didn't even have to happen like that it's very uncalled for and he needs to he needs to know better so luckily um he did apologize for all the stuff that he said now some people were like he shouldn't apologize I was like no I think he should have because there was no reason for the shade there was no reason for it you you fight back when someone you fight back when someone fights you what you know what your mama told you if they hit you hit them hit hit them back 
Right. But if they ain't hit you, why you why you starting fights? Exactly. There was something else too. Like um, I noticed a really different response versus uh, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like Twitter was saying, "Oh, Noah, you shouldn't have said that." Yada yada yada. But Facebook were like, "Oh, yes, Queen, you should have read him." Yada yada yada. I'm like, how? I don't get how. Like the it was so split down the middle versus social media platforms. It was very, it was a weird thing to see. Yeah, I kind of believe that we are in this culture, and I'm trying to be more careful of this. That shading is a sense of strength, and I'm not sure it really is. I think it has taken on a new form because shading was when you when someone come for you came to them you came back at them but you had to do it in a crafty way you know that's yeah. the lesson that was learned they talk about that in Paris is burning like you you only did it when you were in battle you didn't do it for no ass reason so i feel like nowadays it's just fun to shade a lot of these queens out here you know a lot of their you know a lot of their social media is big because they're known for shading and i just want to be a little careful with that cuz like it's fun to do it you know every once in a while but let's not let's not make that everything that you are, you know. Right. So you Especially know, in the, when you think you throwing shade and you barely doing an underhand toss. Yeah, you, you're not doing nothing. You're not throwing knives. You're throwing plastic forks, and that's just not <laughs> working. But you know, it, it's again. I'm glad he apologized, but somebody needs to sit down with him. And like, look, you need to get your act together because you might get your ass beat out right. here in these streets. You keep saying something to the wrong person. <laughs> Because if it was if I was if that was Colton and I was like oh you got something to say wait till I see you out right here location. in the club yeah let me, let me find your location and you right. sit in my face that's how it could have been but one of the things I did get really upset about was the fact that in this interview you know you got Noah throwing the word faggot yeah nobody said nothing about that but let somebody else say faggot who is bisexual and y'all ready to throw them in the damn flames. Right. Or saying, oh, faggot is uh, just as bad as saying the word nigger. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, no, it's not. So, yeah, it, no. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was a porn star that said that. And I was like, you need to just keep that out your mouth. Just keep all that right. out your mouth. You're not, you just just keep it out of your mouth. <laughs> go ahead and say, uh, go ahead and uh, call somebody a nigga. You should. They got all the right to whoop your ass. Yeah, so you'll see what happens. So, you know, I hope Noah learned from this. Um, I hope, you know, some of y'all who saw this don't completely cheer this on. Yes, he told some truths and some things needs to be needs to be said, but you need to come at it at a very mature way, professional way. Yeah. Don't come at it sloppy like that. That was kind of sloppy. Yeah, he might have hurt his chances of, you know, continuing on in Hollywood. True, because again, yeah, that's a good point, because you think about it. You only have, I, I do believe this, you only have so many steps as a gay person or a person of color and, and for that door, sh- you know, shuts in your face. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to look at you and be like, bitch, I'm not hiring you for nothing because what you're going to do, you're going to probably shade this group if something goes wrong. You're going to probably come for me for something. I ain't got time for that. So you better hope this show works. You better hope that they, they get, I don't really think, to be honest with you, quite as it's kept. They got a second season for the real O'Neills. I think that might be it. I don't think they're going to go any further, but I could be wrong. Uh, usually people get a good second season, then they're out. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go on to talk about our the, our king size issue. Yes. On I... Today's podcast. What are we talking about today? So we're oh, gonna. You know what? Before we go there. Oh yes. We got some more news Ooh. about um, our boy John Boyega. Oh, that's right. That is right. How could we forget? I know. Yes, because he's starting and he's going to be in the movie with my, um, well, you know, you're not supposed to have more than one husband, but I have, but because it's in different, you know, area, you know, different, in different area codes. yeah, you know, different areas, <laughs> different countries. He's going to be in the movie with Idris. He's going to be in the sequel of Pacific Rim. And I was yep. so excited to see that. Um. It's funny, I was so excited to see that and I didn't even see the first movie. <laughs> I didn't see it all the way. I didn't see it all the way. But I I am excited because I, I was excited to see the movie. I just had to leave at the time. But I'm excited that he's going to be in this movie because it's going to be more action, I was told, and you know more Idris, I was told, too. So I'm excited about that. Well, that's good. Let's hope it's a good movie. Yeah, that's... Because this movie, you know, it, it has mixed reviews. Uh, and so maybe in the sequel, they may get better. Sometimes movies do get better as a sequel. So we'll see. But, you know, with John joining, um, with Idris in there, I think it's going to be really great. And, you know, you know, John is a very handsome guy, too. He's a little bit young for me. But he's he's a good-looking guy. And I think, I, I'm glad to see his star shine a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that more people of color actors are... You know, getting getting some coins. Yeah. We got bills. True. And not only just getting coins, but getting coins in, you know, the sci-fi geek fantasy world. I love that. We need to be seeing so much more in that just because, you know, growing up, when I grew up in the 80s, we didn't really have a lot of people of color in the fantasy world. Everybody was white and just white Uh and more white. So this is nice that we're seeing, you know, more coming in like you know again we think about Black Panther how black that's going to be but also just how Disney is kind of embracing this in all their other movies there's going to be a, a a Latina princess coming soon so yeah, I it's, see that. so it, it's good so again you know congratulations to you John I know you're going to bring it in this Pacific Rim too um, I'm going to go and see it I'm actually going to go see it I'm gonna, I need to finish the first one but I'm actually going to go see it yeah I think I might check it out I think I might check it out yeah so now we're going to get into our king size issue, and this week we're going to talk about some of the movies that we love. But it's funny because these movies are considered bad movies, but there was something about them that kind of inspired us, or you know, just kept us going during very tough times. And I think that a lot of us can identify with that. You know, movies that you might be ashamed to admit in public, but they're you know, but they really mean something to you. And we're going to talk about just a few that that we love that you know probably got us through some 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 tough times or what have you okay um well let's see one of my favorite movies and it's a classic in the gay community um is mommy dearest mm-hmm. terrible as far <laughs> as uh the reviews it got yeah. but um i freaking love it it was slated as a drama yeah but I think it's more of a comedy, if anything. Um, and I love to laugh. So the overacting by Faith Dunaway playing Joan Crawford was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the makeup was 
hilarious to see those eyebrows drawn up to Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I love that movie. You know, I, I remember that movie and <laughs> it was just, for me, it was like, oh, white people get beat too. Like, you know, like <laughs> white kids get beat too, just like we do. Like I, when I was young, that's the first thought I got from that movie. Because, you know, she was getting beat with with wire hangers, um, damn um, toilet cleaner, or whatever that she was, whatever was around. And I was like, wow, that, that shoot, Joan Crawford is my grandmama. So, you know, she... Some of your favorite parts of the, the movie? <laughs> um, some of my favorite parts were... Um, Oh, it, it, you know, there's so many, and I'm I'm not gonna go in chronological chronological order of the movie, but there was a part when they um, Christina got in trouble at her boarding school, and first I was laughing at the at the girl who who told because she was mad because that boy didn't want her, and that was just pure right. jealousy and hateration, and I was like, girl, you just mad because he didn't want you, you just need to just suck it up and just get out of the way. But anyway, like I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, like I would have knocked her out. But anyway. When her mama came and got her, and she was looking for something to drink, and Christina <laughs> said, "It's over here." She said, "I should have known. You would have know, you know, where, about the, where the boys are and where the booze or something like that." I was like, she said, "I, I, I should have known. You know, know where to find the boys and, and the, the booze." booze. I was like, "Oh <laughs> lord, that was just too much." And then I loved uh, when they were older and they fought. And how it's like, I'm not one of your fans. And I was like, Joan jumped on her. And I was like, what is going on? The way she was fighting her and choking her. And then what's that woman named Carol Ann? What was her name? Uh, uh, oh, God, what was her name? I thought it was Carol Ann, but I can't remember. It's something else. Her assistant. Try to, <laughs> try to help, and she just threw her over. I was like, okay. It's like, what is wrong with Joan? Joan has been... What I got from that movie as a kid when I first saw it, and now what I get from it still, is Joan went through a hard life. We need to know what that life was. That's what I want to see, the story of Joan growing up. Right. What did she well, really go through? There was a, um, actually, Joan Crawford did a movie. Uh, it was called Harriet Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, it, she plays like a really bitch, bitchy wife. Uh, she goes through all these stunts and shows trying to, uh, keep people under her thumb and whatnot until like the big end everything comes out um, so she's talking to her husband as to why she's the way she is mm-hmm. and she's uh, she talks about how her father had left her left her and her um, mother for his secretary um, and it almost seemed as if she were she was talking from like actual experience hmm. so in a way i think that kind of manifested into all of her movies mm-hmm. uh, but then again i might be wrong uh that movie i if you're a joan crawford fan uh i definitely urge you to check that one out and that's so uh, yeah what was the one that she was in? i want to say she was in a movie where she cut somebody's head she chopped somebody's head off straight jacket oh she was, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, found her her man with another woman, cut their heads off, spent some time in a uh, psych war. Then she came back and she thought she was. Uh, people thought that she was killing again, but 
I won't spoil the movie, but somebody else was doing the killings. Hmm. And that was a good, that was a, a really cheesy, uh, I think we came out in the 60s movies. Mm-hmm. But my absolute favorite Joan Crawford movie is uh, Mildred Pierce. I have seen that movie maybe a hundred times. I know damn near all the lines in it. Uh, I love the music. Um, that's actually top three movies of all time. Wow. I think my favorite, well, some of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, Mommy Dearest was, uh, especially when she's going crazy in the, uh, with the wire hangers and she's beating Tina in the, uh, over the back with that hanger and so that <laughs> and that Ajax uh, there was a part where Tina they're having lunch and they have that raw ass meat and Tina was like uh, it it bleeds when I push down on it and Joan was like well don't push on it <laughs> and she must have had that, that food for like two or three days and I was like you know what that is something a black mama would have done like you gonna eat this motherfucking food <laughs> um, another part um, let's see was oh when she's in the boardroom after her uh, I think one of her husbands had oh, died yeah. uh, he was the CEO of Pepsi Cola yeah and she said uh, they were trying to push her out since the husband had died. And she's giving them the right at it. And she tells them straight up, but don't fuck with me, fellas. Yeah. This ain't my first time on the rodeo. Yeah, I, I remember that. And I was like, okay. And when I saw when I got older, I was like, that's... I took something from that. I was like, you know, because you, you never know when you're you push in the corner. You need to be able to speak for yourself. And I think that scene for me was like, I needed to make sure I had everything on on point if I ever had to like fight for something I believed in or fight for something that I, that I had to fight for I had I will channel that because it was just something about the way she she was so confident in that scene how she was sitting there and like yeah. she helped build this I helped build this she was saying I helped build this and you gonna try to push me out and y'all didn't do nothing yeah. I love she that is. but I, one the one scene I remember when, I like to make jokes of it um, when she's like getting ready for her date or whatever she was doing and she's kicking her leg up and all this stretching. Oh. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what, I bet you some people doing that right now. <laughs> she was doing the absolute most. Yes. I'm like, girl, somebody is going to put in work tonight. I guess. Yes, but you know, some of these, these, these girls out here doing the same thing and they get these Tinder dates or these grinder dates getting all ready for it. So... Joan was, she was giving everybody a lesson about how to get ready for these moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite cheesy bad movies is called Heavenly Bodies. It was all about this woman who was a secretary. She was hating her job and she wanted to start um, a fitness place, like a gym almost. like a It was like a gym kind of fitness workout that whole jazzercise stuff back in the 80s. Um, And so, you know, she was doing classes and it was really big. And then she saved up some money and then she bought this warehouse and they're going to turn it into um, 
she's going to turn it into like you know a workout place and call heavenly bodies but okay. in the middle of this um there was opportunity to work on a on a morning show where she would do workout you know you know like hey get your morning started you know with a nice workout and it was a big tryout for it, but they're on a, there was this you know this bad alexis like woman um who wanted the role too and she was sleeping with this guy who owns everything and she's like she like she's she's the perfect villain like i have everything i'm blonde i'm pretty and i would do whatever i need to do to get it so they had a dance off and i good i good girl won um so she was jealous so she was like i want to get revenge so what happened she convinced her man who owns everything to buy out that the the place they have for her workouts for her studio um and so you know in the midst of that our good girl she falls in love with a football player and all that stuff but there's a scene so what they have to do is in order to stop the the man from buying at her place she challenged his workout group to her workout group um to a marathon workout on live tv and whoever falls, you know, like if she won, she keeps her place. If he wins, he gets it. So, you know, it, it, the last few scenes was all about, you know, they're doing this marathon workout. But, and you can actually Google, you can Google the movie. If you, if people are curious about this, you can just look up Heavenly Bodies online. You can actually watch it on YouTube, I think. Uh, but at the end, there was a scene where, you know, it's between the two women. Um, and the good girl, she falls because she had an accident with her knee. She falls. And there was a part where she was about to give up. And, you know, the, the, the bad girl was like, I'm going to win. You can see her all smiling and, you know, everything else. Cause they had to do it before the time runs out. Uh-huh. Um, cause there's only, cause when you fall and when you're down, when you stop, you only have like a certain amount of time before you are disqualified. Okay. And she was on the ground. But then she started thinking about why she's doing this, why she, you know, she's going through all this. She's doing this for herself, doing it for her son, doing it for the people that come to her studio. And she gets right back up and she starts just dancing because she's a dancer. So she just starts dancing versus just doing the workouts. And it was like, you know, she won. At the end, she won. But it was something that when I was a kid, I saw that. It was like in the late 80s, like around 86, 88 or whatever. I saw that. And as a kid growing up who you know had a lot of stuff happening to him where it was like you know your sexuality is going crazy people right. are talking about you and you don't know who you are what you have to offer and you do feel like giving up but that scene when she just got right back up and did what she knew best that hit me so hard as a kid until this day I still tear up when I see that scene now people will laugh at that scene and I don't care, but I it was something about the fact that when 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 she got back up, it was like it was a life lesson that when you fall down, you just got to get back up and do what you know. You have to do what kept you going, what what is your life, what is your passion? You have to do that to make it. And that's what I get from that. So again, if I you know, if you ever see this movie, they play it here in Los Angeles. They do a lot of crazy things in Los Angeles, but they played it once in the in the theater, and it was funny that a few of us bonded because we were like, we were. I cried, but I looked around. Some people were crying too, and we bonded after the movie about like how that scene was, you know, the metaphor of like getting back up. Once you get knocked down, you get back up again, 
Right. And, you know, it, this movie is so 80s, so cheesy, but that scene will always, you know, it will just stick with me. I look at it time for time, you know. Uh, it is just something that is so powerful, and I love it so much. Okay, well, who's in it? Like, any known actors? No. Just... <laughs> no, none of them are known actors at all. Um, but when you look at the movie poster, it's she's um, she's working out all fours, which I'm like, okay. But, um, no, she was... She's popular in Canada. She's a Canadian actress, and I can't remember her name right now. But um, she was in the original My My Bloody Valentine. You've ever watched that okay. movie? She gets killed. <laughs> but um, and she was in. Oh, she was in. No, she was not in Queen, but she was in North versus South. Uh, it was a miniseries. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. She was in that, but um. Yeah, um, I, I have to remember her now. I might tweet her name out. But I that movie just will always be something special to me because it was like, yeah, when you get knocked down by these people, you can't let that keep you down. And that was just a lesson I had to learn as a confused gay kid growing up in the South in the 80s. <laughs> um, you know, when people are, you know, talking about the fact that you're drawing She-Ra or you that you love that cartoon or you watch Jim and you're a boy or you, you know, all those things that you, that I grew up with, but to know that I had to like get up and not let them keep me down. That, that was the lesson that I'm, I'm always very happy that I learned that day. Right. I might have to check that movie out then. <laughs> I get it. It's cheesy, but I just love it so much. Uh, I go ahead. Another movie. I don't think it's particularly bad, but mm-hmm. um, it's uh, Viva Las Vegas with uh, Elvis Presley and Anne Margaret. I love uh, Anne Margaret. What she is so, I don't know, is she dead? I don't know if she's no, dead. No, Anne Margaret's still alive. She's, she's still okay, alive. Okay, good. See, I was just putting that out of the universe. <laughs> um, but you know, Viva Las Vegas is another 60s musical, you know, that stars around Elvis and him racing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I particularly love the music uh, music numbers, especially um, Appreciation and My Rival by Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just so 60s cheesy ass. I'm going to race and get the girl to... Um, my mom loves that movie. She's yeah. like, oh, that's my guilty pleasure. Uh, watching Viva Las Vegas, um, I think it's a a good movie. I yeah. think I have it on my DVR now, and I, I might watch it soon. <laughs> uh, I've never. I do, I do love musicals. Yeah, I I've never seen it. I've always, you know, I I love I love Anne Margaret, and to talk about her really quick, <laughs> Anne Margaret has this unique singing voice that I'm obsessed with. I don't know why I'm obsessed with her singing, but I I, I have went down a horrible spiral of looking up Anne Margaret clips. <laughs> and she, there is this clip that if people love those type of things, Google big time Anne Margaret, because that mess is sure gayness to the T. Anything, basically anything that she does is gayness to the T. But the other thing that you may not know about is I think she did a special with Tina Turner. 
She did. I did see videos of that on YouTube. And I'm telling y'all, <laughs> that is some straight up sugary mess. I love it to death. In fact, if y'all ever get bored at night or if you just if you just lonely and you feel like just eating wings and being fat, go ahead and just Google <laughs> Anne Margaret and Tina Turner because they sing Nutbush. They sing Honky Tonk Woman. Um, honky tonk woman. Uh, yeah, they do honky tonk, and and they and it it it's just so much. It's so much that you just can't help but to watch it. But anyway, I I really I I might look at that because I I'm obsessed with Anne Margaret. I don't know why. I just always been obsessed with, especially with Tommy, because mm-hmm. her singing voice. But just the things she did, especially Smash the Mirror, that song. I don't know yeah. what it is about Anne Margaret, but her voice. I just love it. Like I tell people, like I said, I copy my singing voice from Anne Margaret, Tina Turner, and Tom Waits, which and all put them all together. It means it sounds horrible. But oh, that, but that, right. that combination. <laughs> but that's what I sound like. But that does not stop me from doing karaoke. So just be warned. Right yeah, I, you know, Elvis couldn't act at all. It was <laughs> like dreadful to watch, and he was okay to look at anyway. But yeah, um, he was okay. I. Mm. I like Viva Las Vegas, and it holds a special place in my heart, especially since I grew up mm-hmm. on school movies, like Black and Whites and these old musicals. So yeah. I've always, it reminds me of childhood. Yeah. Speaking of musicals, another one of my favorite bad movies was Xanadu. Um, for people <laughs> who know me, people know that I'm obsessed with Xanadu. Xanadu is my life. I have a, one of the original t-shirts. Uh, I have which cost me a lot to get on eBay. Um, I have the movie. I have the comic book. Marvel did a comic book of Xanadu. I love this movie. It was considered the worst movie in 1980. 1980. I think the Razzies was created because of Xanadu. Um, the Razzies, that's an award that for all bad movies and bad actors and everything else. Um, but I think because of that, they created that. But the one of the reasons why I love Xanadu is because when... It was just one of those movies that just caught my eye as a kid. It was just so much in it, and I love Olivia Newton John, um, and you know, and and it also um, mixed in my love for fantasy and comics. The reason why is because, um, as a lot of you know, Wonder Woman is from Greek mythology. Her background is from Greek mythology, and I love Greek mythology. Xanadu is also based off Greek mythology because um, Olivia Newton John plays Kira who's one of the muses who are the goddesses of, you know, music and arts and sciences and all that great stuff. So it's based off that. Um, and it was just, it was roller skating. It was like magic. It was like all these things. There's a scene where it, it goes completely into cartoon, just like Kill Bill when they um, talked about Oren and Shii. Um, they do that too in Xanadu. There's a scene where they go into cartoon. Um, and the songs were just amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, every time it plays in Los Angeles, I go and see it. I went to the 30th anniversary and cried. Me and this woman that we don't even know each other. She drove all the way from, she told me she drove all the way from Kansas City to be a part of this. She even, oh she had um, her um, her um, license plate was Xanadu. She brought that in there because um, people were signing it because like, she paid for that. To, that's her it's on her car now, she says. Um, 
we just cried because we never saw it at the time on a big screen and seeing it on a big screen was a different thing for us um, right. and then some of the actors from the movie were there Olivia wasn't there and that was okay I was okay with that but we, <laughs> we saw all the other people like the black muse um, there's one black muse and I said to her I said I you were everything to me when I and I I was like just talking a bunch of mess. I was like, you were everything to me as a kid, and to see you right now means so much to me because I was like to see a black goddess. You were a black goddess. That was just so much. I mean, that was a lot for a for me as a kid to like to see us as gods. Right. Um. So that was really beautiful. But then I met, um, Dar Darcel. And if those of you who don't live in the eighties. Like I do, um, Darcel was this black dancer from Solid Gold who had long braids. Um, she was also like on Soul Train. She was in Xanadu too, and she was there, and I lost it. I was like, "Oh my God, Darcel! I watched you so much as a kid. <laughs> when I I want to I practice your moves because I wanted to be a Solid Gold dancer." And she was so vibrant, and she 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 wrote a book because she went through. A horrible accident and they thought she wasn't gonna walk again but she was walking and dancing again and I got her book I just I was just so obsessed but anyway Xanadu is one of those movies that it's so cheesy but it's so wonderful it's just something about it that I I have to watch it every time it's on it's like the whiz to me those two movies if they're on I don't care what part it that it starts or whatever it is I will watch it I will be right there for it um, but Xanadu was just that movie that just sparked so much cre creativity um, in me to where I was drawing, I was writing more, I was taking all these dance stuff, you know, as a kid, trying to learn how to play piano. I never completed that. But um, all that because of that movie. Um, and I, I, I always give credit to Xanadu for me wanting to you know, write and to create comics and all that stuff because it was just so much to me as a kid. I, I love that movie to death. If you haven't seen it, y'all need to see it. Yeah, you're going to probably say, this is a mess. But you know what? Just watch it. it they played on your um, logo a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you ever seen Xanadu? I have not never seen Oh, my God. I know. I'm a horrible gay. You have to see it. It's just... It's, yeah, I think you might like it. It's really cute. It's just so much in it that is so just delicious and sweet and sugary and messy it's just everything a young gay boy would just like or even old gay men would like it's just so much i mean everybody if you just don't if you if you that person I, I mean, listen to me i just sound like a mess because i just love this movie so much if you a person who just love cheesy musicals you have to see xanadu you have to <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, um, you have any more of of these horrible movies that you love so much? Um, okay, I gotta do it. I'll do it. Cause you know, if I don't, then everybody's gonna take my guard, my gay card away. But one of my absolute favorite trashiest movies is Showgirls. Yes, I have got to watch show. Like you cannot watch Showgirls on TV because they cut out all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, Showgirls is just they thought it was going to be this big movie that shows the seedy underbelly of Las Vegas and the shows that they host out there on the 
the strip. It was terrible. Um, the only, you know, the only good thing about the movie was the dancing. Yeah. And the costumes. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, some of those scenes, like particularly, I'm gonna say the sex scene where she's uh, fucking that guy and cool and she's flopping around like a dead fish i'm like girl it can't be that good i'm sorry but yeah i remember that be that good yeah i, I kind of just yeah <laughs> that movie is just so a mess and i have um and uh, what well, elizabeth berkeley is she thought it was gonna be her big break or her big movie break because she was in safe by the bell wasn't she yes and it was just so awful. So yeah, awful. it wasn't. The neat thing, though, when they celebrated the 20th anniversary, she talked about, like, she did hope it would have been something, and it taught her so many life lessons. But it was interesting because, you know, she was, like, look, like maybe 22. Like, she was young. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, you know, she talked about how it was a lot of hardships for a young girl. But she did rise above it. She wrote a book that was like a bestseller, like all that stuff. She, she came. She did bounce back. You know, she was in some Lifetime movies and some other stuff. So she came back pretty well. She's living good, so she's not hurting. But yes, that movie was just a lot. I remember when I was an RA in Murray State. <laughs> I one of my first programs. I had to take. I took my students to see. Uh, Showgirls, because we had no idea. Because, you know, back then, we didn't have, like, trailers and all that stuff like that. You know, there was, like, commercials, but it wasn't, like, we had no idea. And I kind of missed those days. We had no idea what our movie was going to really be about. So I remember that what we did was we watched the Saved by the Bell episode where she um, ordered long skirts for to be cheerleaders. Uh-huh. And then we was like, okay, now we're going to walk over to the Sherry and watch Showgirls. We went to see that... <laughs> And I was like, "Oh my God!" So and I and I was an RA for all the boys in the basement floor. So and they were kind of the bad boys. So here are a bunch of freshmen. I'm taking them basically to see uh, NC seventeen soft, soft yeah soft core, um, giving them all types of ideas. But the one thing I got from that movie that I will give her credit for that was kind of cute was a little stripper scene she did with. Um, that guy that she ended up sleeping with. Um, Which one? She slept with oh, a lot. But like the black guy? No, the white one. When uh, the cheetah, when they had a private dance. And I gave oh, her, I was like, yeah, that yeah, was a I cute, see. that was a cute routine. And <laughs> I, I will say, when I have been to stripper clubs, like for where we know women are the strippers, and I, I tip them because of their dancing. I don't tip them because, well, I'm gay. I'm not going to tip them for other reasons. But, I tipped them for their routine. If their routine is on point, I'll be like, girl, I'll be like, here, take, you earned all of this. That was a good routine. Yeah. I love that move. That little move right there you did, that was yeah. cute. I'm going to steal it for myself. And that move, she was, I was like, she was, that was a nice performance that she did. Oh, yeah, she, she practiced. It wasn't like she just got up there and was doing something that she learned, you know, from a Madonna video. She was putting that work on them steps. Yeah, so I gave her credit for that. It, I, 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 that's another movie I do watch if it's on. Because it is so cheesy, but it is so fun to watch. And it's so fun to watch with a group of people, too. Because there's so many lines in it 
that you can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like Showgirls put Versace on the map because I, I people knew about Versace, but I feel like Showgirls was like, we put, like, they put Versace up there on the map. Yeah. I believe I, that. I, I would have to agree. Um, I, yeah. I did like that movie. I, I really it's, did too. I really did too. Huh? Do you have any more movies? Um, I have one last movie. And my last cheesy movie is Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Mostly because, I mean, I'm a nerd. But it was just this whole thing of looking at it back then. The fact that they were so inclusive. Um, Now... Let me say this about Revenge of the Nerds. There is some problematic scenes in there. There is a scene where um, basically it's almost like it's a rape scene because he disguised himself. Um, One of the nerds disguised himself as this cheerleader's boyfriend and have sex with her. Not cool. Um, And it's not cool now. It wasn't really cool at all, but they didn't probably think of that when they made this movie. Um, but it was something that I, I don't cherish that part of it. But what I do like about this movie is two things. The fact that they were very inclusive with their Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Because uh, it was originally a black fraternity and they decided to allow this group to become the new Lambdas of Adams College. Mm-hmm. But but they were very inclusive of the different types of nerds, um, the different types of people. But also they had a black gay nerd in there and his name is um Lamar Luttrell um Lamar Luttrell to me is a gay icon and I say that because he was very queenie he was very femme but he was unapologetic and he was wonderful to watch he was accepted by his brothers they did not question his sexuality they didn't care about that he even had a date at one of their parties that they had. And I love that he was himself. And as a, you know, again, growing up watching that movie, I was always in awe of the fact like, it means I can go to college and I can be just like that. <laughs> and nobody, like, people would say something, but I have these other people who would support me. It was so much in that. And I don't know if they even realized when they created that character, what they were doing. They probably thought it would be for laughs. But I do feel that Lamar was this gay black character that, again, was unapologetic. He was completely himself. He was true to himself. And I really love that. And that movie stays in my heart because of the fact of I saw him. I saw myself in him. Um, And to this day, I think it's so wonderful that they had sequels and he was in most of all the sequels. Um, Being gay as hell. I think he even had a partner at one of the, the final movies. So it was nice to see all of those things. Um, especially just, you know, thinking about the 80s and seeing a black gay character. Um, you didn't see that because you, hell, you barely get to see all that now. So, you know, to have a character like that, I it, it stays close to my heart. And, I, and, and that's what I do like about it. I don't like all the other parts about it, but I do like Lamar Luttrell. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know I'm I'm slipping on my movies. <laughs> well, I mean, if you get a chance, I think you can probably. It might be on YouTube too, or you could just catch it. It's 
It's one of those eighty. It was a. It was one of those eighties movies. It was like one of the defining eighties movies. Um, they kind of define the whole nerd nerd culture to some degree. Um, but it's 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 a. I I feel like the message of the movie was pretty neat because the end was also very touching. Um, because it was like you know for people who ever felt this way, stand with us and a lot of and they all stand with them. Um, it was a nice thing to see that you could be one of the weirdos and be accepted. Right. I'll have to check it out. There's so many movies that I have to check out. You know, my queue of movies to check out list keeps on growing. Yeah. But that's all the movies I had. Do you have any more? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. But yeah, I mean, well, you know, for those of y'all who are listening, you know, let us know what movies that you like that are considered just horrible or box office bombs or something, but they meant something to you. We like to hear what, yeah, you know, what they meant to you. Yeah, start a conversation about this. Because I think that's, I think that's, even though movies are, a lot of movies are bad, a lot of movies are bad, I think some of the underlying reasons why they're made is because of the effects they have on people. You know, when they become cult classics or what have you, it's 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 because of the things they do for people. Like, Showgirls is now a cult classic. So, yeah. it, it, because of the things that, and the messages that was in that movie. So, please let us know what you think uh, when it comes to, like, some of these movies. Share some of your experiences. Yeah. and But don't share Gods of Egypt because <laughs> we're not talking about that. I'm going to shut the door on you on that because <laughs> you tell me that. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right, so who's on the prayer list? This is how we we, we reach out to others <laughs> in yeah, a godly way. Some helping. Let's see. Let's uh, today on the prayer list. I want to put out a special prayer to a uh, uh, Noah Galvin. I need him <laughs> to get his life together. Yes. Uh, I need him to uh, be mindful of what he says and how he says it. Uh, also, be mindful that you. Hollywood is very small, so mm-hmm. what you say does get around, and it does hurt your uh, money. So uh, I need him to be mindful of that. Um, also, hmm, who else is on the prayer list today? I would say these uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, his oh, supporters. Lord have mercy! I, I need them to. Uh, get in line and get in formation because we gonna need all of them to take down the uh the devil that is uh manifested in Donald Trump yes it's Effie it's over it's all over so <laughs> let's let's go you know what oh go ahead oh no go ahead cause on my prayer list I wanna add I wanna add the people who and you know what? I understand you may be on the fence with Hillary Clinton. I understand that. But I need for y'all to also get information and realize this is what we have. I understand that some of y'all are, are you know, you're mad about her policies. You're mad. Some of y'all still mad. And I had to correct somebody yesterday on Twitter about this. Some of y'all still mad about this crime bill thing that, it, that, that when you look at the fact she did not do anything with the crime bill. But your boy Bernie Sanders did sign the crime bill, but y'all don't really talk about that, but you talk about her. But anyway, 
Um, I, I, I need for y'all to realize that you don't have to be, because there was a, a hashtag called, um, girl, I guess I'm with her. And I'm like, okay, but we don't have. It's kind of funny. But... <laughs> it, it was, it was funny, but I was like, but you know, but I was sitting there like, but you know what? Sorry, but we don't have that luxury to be like half-hearted about it. Because you look at what's at stake. If Trump gets in there, there's things that we thought we had will not be ours anymore. Will not be, you know, all that good stuff about taxes and student loan debt and all that stuff that's been that is on the way. The health care, um, you know, police brutality, all this stuff that has been marked and talked about can be snatched up quick. Snatched up quick like a good wig. And y'all send up her to her, well, I guess I'm with her. Look, you're going to have to be with her. There's no guess. You're going to have to be with her. You're going to have to. Because this is ridiculous to sit up there and be like, well, I guess. Well, I guess you're going to be broke and deported because that's what's going to happen if Trump gets in. So I guess you're going to have to get on board. And so th- that, that kind of bothered me a little bit. Again, I get. And maybe it's a, it's a generational thing because I had a conversation with someone about that because it's a, it's a lot of younger people saying stuff like this. I'm like, well, that's cute, but you don't realize that there's a lot at stake. So you can, you know, you can be half-hearted all you want or you can realize the bigger picture. Right. I think, like, a lot of these people, especially on Twitter, they're like, oh, I don't trust Hillary be that as it may, but then you're re- inferring that that you trust Trump, uh, trust Trump, or that oh, I'm, I'm not gonna really vote for Hillary. Well, a vote for Hillary, uh, you not voting for Hillary is a vote for Trump. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it sucks that the this is it. Yeah, it sucks that Obama's leaving office and that beautiful ass family. It's not going to be there for another four years. Yeah. But, you know, we got to take the rough with the smooth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. And we just have to realize that we have to do this. It's, I mean, there, I mean, there, there's no argument for me. I mean, I, I, I will, I mean, I have always been for Hillary. Um, so, therefore, I, I knew where I stood. I, Bernie just didn't speak anything to me. So, I just really wasn't on his, you know, on his side at all. And I, and you know, and it's so funny because these girls out here keep talking about how I don't trust Hillary and, and I don't trust and everything's corrupt. I'm like, but y'all watch Scandal though. I mean, I feel like, I mean, not to say Scandal is real, but that should give you some insight that nobody in politics is clean. There is no such thing as clean politics. I mean, nobody's perfect and there's always deals and there's always things that compromises that we'll, we'll never be appreciated with, appreciated with. I just think that we have to be realistic about politics um, and not be idealistic. You cannot be. I know you may have a dream, but but to, but today I'm awake in the streets and what we see is what we see. So if you are struggling about voting for Hillary, I'm just being I'm going to just tell you, get out of that quick snap out of it. Vote because we ain't got we we don't have the luxury of that. We're not white. We're not rich. We're not wealthy. So therefore, we don't have that luxury to sit up here and be on the fence. We have to look at the fact that she is going to continue Obama's policies. That is what we have to look at. That is the big picture. If we're going to have, you know, limited amount of, of debt to deal with, if we're going to have health care, if we're going to have the ability to deal with 
um, you know, having children, but not really that abortion, all that stuff that we have had that freedom to have. You need to look at the. You need to look at what's happening right now because they're trying to take that away. We still dealing with issues with with LGBT rights. This mm-hmm. whole bathroom issue. We have to look at what's happening right now and realize that Hillary is on our side. You again may not like her, but we just got to look at what we may lose. I look at it like that. This is what we could lose. So I ain't got time to play these, you know, tic tac games. I'm gonna say, well, I'm with her. That's it. <laughs> One person I need to put on, uh, actually, uh, two more people. Uh, so these hackers are going <laughs> bananas, especially on Twitter. Yes. Like, uh, what was it, this past week, DeRay, social rights activist, uh, wears the blue vest, uh, got hacked. And how he was saying that he got hacked was crazy. Yeah. And even prior to that, about 32 million uh, Twitter accounts were hacked. Yeah. So I need everybody, you know, get y'all's Twitter accounts on the prayer list. But I, I want these, I want these hackers to get their priorities in check. They'll be hacking, you know, DeRay and the CEO of football, wherever he is. Oh, uh, yeah. Hacking that, uh, telling that everybody he died. Like, <laughs> I'm like, don't be hacking these folks. Hack the folks. Hack Sally Mae. Hack some of these loan companies. Hack Bank of America. Get you know, do something. If you gonna do something, do something that benefits everybody. Like hack the damn you know DMV, so we have to pay these um, tickets. Y'all need to like hack people. Hack the people that matters. <laughs> like these loan companies and all that stuff. Hack them. Quit hacking folks. That at the end of the day, come on. I mean, challenge yourselves. You want to, you want to, you want to do what's best for America. Then y'all need to hack some of these student loan companies. Like I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not putting it. Well, take it as you will. But I'm just saying that, do, you know, if you're gonna do something, do something. Do something. Do it for the, do it for the people. Yeah. I, Cause I, I love Ray, but to hack Ray is not on the priority list. But, yeah, it's but, like, why would you even do that? I don't know. Y'all must be too bored. Yeah, too, too bored. Fucking bored. Um, one more person that I want to add on my prayer list that needs she needs hands quickly. <laughs> so there was this video going around. So last week was a either last week or week before was a Miss America pageant, <laughs> and Deshana Barber. An African American, and she represented the District of Colum- District of Columbia, yeah. Washington D.C. One, uh, Miss Barber is a commander in the U.S. Army. All right. Uh, she is a chocolate uh, skin tone. Who she is. She is. So gorgeous. She's really pretty too. She think. is. So this video of this little girl, I don't know this bitch's name. And I'm using bitch very offensively, and all of its uh, all of its meaning. She said, "Oh, that she's not even from America. She's from Colombia." She said that twice. What on this video? Her boyfriend. I'm I'm guessing this is her boyfriend. He put her. He's like the District of Columbia 
is Washington, D.C. She thought she was going to get this deep dig in about this uh, this young lady, about Miss Barber. Mm. So this bitch don't know. She doesn't have a map. She doesn't have Google. She didn't study the states back in elementary school. She didn't watch anybody's schoolhouse rock. Um, so I'm gonna need y'all to, you know, let her know that the District of Columbia is in the United States of America. Oh my, no. You have to look up the video. And I, she thought she was doing something big. It's a lot of people. I love when people think they're doing something and, and it's just totally wrong. But she was loud and wrong. It was just yeah, too funny. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, you had a full uh, prayer list. I I think my prayer list, my prayer list is basically for the people who who are not participating in gay pride in WeHo, but you live in WeHo and you have to endure all of that foolishness this weekend. So, you know, I'm putting you on the prayer list because I know that's, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine being there and then you gotta go to work you gotta come home you can't go nowhere because as soon as you leave your parking spot is gone like everything is happening it's our it's unnecessary traffic it's crowds then you have to be careful because drunk people are in the streets falling apart people fighting because somebody looked at somebody else's man all that stuff is happening right there and the lesbians fight when they fight They fight. fight. It is no joke at WeHo. These women are coming for everything. These women, basically, (laughs) it is a new wrestling league when these lesbians are fighting over there. So I'm just letting you know that for those of you who are just trying to go to the damn movies, trying to go to Bank of America, trying to go to 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 the hot damn grocery store, my heart's out to you because I know you're just trying to... I'm just trying to get some wings. I'm just trying to get some damn ice cream. I'm trying to get some, you know, uh, uh, some pantyhose to put on my, my my hair so I can sleep. Whatever you're trying to do and you can't do it because you got all these drunk hoes out in the street. My heart goes out to you, so I'll put you on the prayer list. <laughs> and I lied. One more prayer list uh, recipient is Miss Maria Sharapova. Uh, now, Maria Sharapova was handed a two-year, well, she's a tennis player, if you didn't know. Yeah. She uh, was handed a two-year suspension for doping. Now, she was, uh, she found there was uh, melatonin, which is a banned substance in the tennis, uh, tennis circuit. She had been taking it for a while, and uh, the... I think it was the International Tennis Federation held up their ban to ban her from tennis for two years. So that means she's not going to participate in Wimbledon, which starts, uh, I would say, in about a couple of weeks. She's not going to be able to participate in the Olympics. Now, she had been doing these drugs, these banned drugs, for a while. I would say maybe at at least five years. And it came out that this drug, melatonin, was used in Russia's soldiers. So she's taking all these drugs, and she still can't beat Serena Williams. 
the last time she beat Serena Williams, I was in high school. And that was maybe 2004. So she has all these losses, taking all these drugs, and this bitch still can't win. So... That's that's a mess, and that maybe that goes to show y'all if you if you if you really can't do it, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. And so you know, somebody help her realize that, and you know, and get herself together because that's ridiculous that she's up for taking drugs. When Queen Serena is just out here like, I'm here for all of y'all, so all of you gaggles get it together because I'm gonna keep winning. So yeah, them sorry ass drugs. That's a mess. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, that is our show this week. I hope that you enjoy it. You can get this on SoundCloud. We're going to try to get this um, placed in other places, but right now it's on SoundCloud. Also, we will have a Twitter, so check us out on Twitter. We are Megasheen, Megasheen Pod. Yep. And where can Twitter. everybody find if they're looking for you on these social media so you can find me rah. you can find me on twitter i'm wonderman5 with two n's and um i'm there and you can also find me on instagram um where it's um his name is victor and you can find me on tumblr um when victor speaks and where can they find you i am found on twitter and instagram at Porter Pizzazz. I changed my Instagram, you know, kind of make everything one note so yeah. you don't have to be looking everything everywhere to find me. So, come on in. All right. Look around and see what I got to offer. All I right. need to put some more pics on Instagram. I'm, I'm lacking in that. Yeah, I need to do more Instagram because I'm, I'm not going to do selfies because I feel like that's just too much. Now, I mean, I, I, selfies bother me because that means, because you know what they say about selfies, that's like a psychological issue. But, um, <laughs> Cause I, and, I per, and I don't believe that you need to do, but okay, that's a whole nother thing, but another, another, <laughs> another podcast, another podcast. but yeah, I need to, I need to upgrade my Instagram too. Like I take pictures, but not often. So yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's us this week. Y'all have a good time and we will see you soon. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>